up, everybody? You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Living the Dream Studios in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, in the Pearl District. And uh, today I don't have D-Boy alongside me, but I do have a very special guest. Y'all are familiar with him. Some of y'all may not be familiar with him, but if you aren't, you will be familiar with him after today. And I got my guy, Chef Kenny, in the lab. What's going on, Chef God? Hey, man, what's going on with you, bro? Oh, man, all is well, all is well. So for those of you who don't know, I'm not even going to sit here and introduce Chef Kenny and all that he does. I'm going to allow Chef Kenny to let you know what it is that he does, what it is that he's doing, some of the clients that he's currently working with. And uh, it's not going to be an interview. I didn't bring Chef Kenny here to interview. I like Chef Kenny's knowledge and what it is that he has to say. So this is going to be just like any other podcast where we talk about and we discuss topics surrounding sports, politics, urban and pop culture, et cetera, et cetera. But before we do that, I will allow Chef Kenny to uh, familiarize you all with what it is that he does and who he is. Well, uh, I don't want to say too much. Um, I'm just a private chef that loves what he does. Uh, I got clients that are in the NBA. Uh, I've had clients in the NFL. Um, I got several people that are in my family that love my cooking, and I'm trying to expand in several ways. So at the core of it, I'm just a chef that loves what he does, and no need to really name drop. Just find me on Instagram at Johnny Chef Coat. That's J-O-H-N-N-I-E, Chef Coat. And then um, we can just go from there. You know, I'll let the pictures and, and all of that speak for myself. All right, well, you could do that, and you might not want to name drop, and I know you are humble, but I'm not li- I'm not allowing you to get away with that. We'll get that into easy. it. We'll, so, we'll get into it. We'll get into <laughs> I, it. I at least want the people to know, because we are a part of a local network called ThatCast. It's a Portland-based network. Okay. And, and you do work with your company, because you and your brother work together. Definitely, um, yeah. K. James Cuisine. So, yes. I would like for you to at least let the people know your clients that you work with here in Portland. Okay, we don't got to okay. extend all the way out into what you got going on, but okay, here in Portland, well, you got some pretty prominent uh, yeah, clients, yeah. and they need to know who those clients are. Okay, well, the K. James Cuisine roster right now, just to name a few, we got Damian Lillard, we got C.J. McCollum. They've been um, longtime clients of ours. Uh, we have Jake Lehman right now. We got Anthony Simons, man. Um, we just we doing pretty good, and those I are see. just a few of the notable ones we have. Uh, and uh, we have Evan Turner, you know. So it's so many people that uh, we've had on the team when it comes to uh, we had Allen when he was here. You right, know what I mean? right. Not Shout many people know that we had Allen Crab. He was dope. So it's like, yeah, man. We definitely do a lot of work with the Portland Trail Blazers, and and we love that team and. I love being around them because it gives me a chance to be around my family. Um, shout out to Dame. But it, it's like we don't really get to talk about things that are professional. You know, we get to have a good family time and be able to to get things done in a professional manner. So I love it. And uh, I've been at it for a few years now. And uh, I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. All right. So check this out. Now, I understand that you got this glamorous, great job. Um, and many chefs out there yeah, would see. would wish to be in your position. See, it's but, <laughs> but here's the thing. But here's the thing with me because over the over this past weekend, I came by you and your brother, K James Cuisine. Yeah, y'all did a pop up. Yeah, and it was a great vibe. We got to eat some good food, phenomenal that's, food, yeah, by the way. That's I would what say, I like to hear more. I, I would, I would, I would say that you have the best food here in Portland. Facts. Now, hey, I'm I'm holding on to that and. Since since you said that and I didn't say it, I'm saying it right now on the podcast. I'm gonna have five hundred dollars on me Uh-oh. for any dish that this anybody would... want to challenge me on. Yeah. You let me know. I'm gonna have cash. You put your money up. I put my money up, <laughs> and we'll meet in the middle. We'll we'll have some non-biased judges. We'll make the dish. We'll set the spot. And at any time you want to call me out, I'm gonna have it because I love what I do. I'm a humble person, man. Yeah. But I feel like. In this game, you always have to have that chip on your shoulder. You always got to have that mamba mentality. So that mamba mentality for me is having the cash on me. You let me know whenever you ready, we're going to make it happen. Now we talking. Now we got a podcast going. Because what I was getting ready to say was, 
after eating your food, I felt some type of way and I expressed it to you and your brother. Yeah. The vibe was dope. The energy was dope. And we all got to really sit and converse over yeah. good food and just do what we do and yeah. just be regular people. That's what I care most about, though. Yeah, but, but I still felt some type of way because as good as your cooking is, and obviously the jobs that you have, the clients that you have, I mean, that's hard to trade out. Now, you probably wouldn't trade them for the world, and I wouldn't really blame you for at it. At all, at all. But the problem that I have is I want to eat more of that cooking. I respect that, bro. I, I respect and, that. And, and I truly <laughs> feel like the city needs to eat more of that cooking and that the cooking needs to expand beyond you and your clients. I know they pay the bills. I get that. I understand that. Well, I know I know it's a great resume builder. I know yeah. it's your job. Just yeah. flat out, it's your job. Yeah. I but mean, I still felt some type of way because I feel like I should be able to have this food at my leisure I see if that. I'm paying the money to come get this food. Hey, and, and I just don't have that. I feel like I, I want to offer that. And it's funny that you say that. I was just talking to my brother. And uh, we're actually opening a spot that's more homey. It's more a home-like feel. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know being from where we from, being from California, being from the Bay Area, you have a type of situation in somebody's house where they going to be the candy lady. They going to be the lady that you can go to where she going to make the nachos or the fries. Or right. She going to have the candy or the little ice cream or the popsicles or you know where you can go to get some good food and somebody could just send you down the street to go get that plate of fish or whatever that somebody selling out their house. And I want to bring that back. So actually on the 23rd of March, we're going to be having an invite-only event where it's just going to be a real cool and casual situation okay. that we want people to come to. And once you get the invite, you're going to understand it's a real family vibe. We want to increase the vibe first because energy is what's crucial. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I never want to sell somebody something just for them to have it. And I don't want to, to create a monetary uh, balance between me and the people that I interact with. So what's most important to me is that we're going to open Chicken Fish soon. It's coming 2019 in the summer. But we want to hit people in a small batch at a time. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, All like right. when you came over, yeah. I turned the grease on. You, you know sure what I mean? Did. You sure I did. I let the grease get hot. <laughs> I put the wings in. Everything tasted fresh. It made the difference. And I want to be able to do that and provide a quality experience for everybody. I never want you to feel like I just had the food pre-cooked for you or I just had a situation that was made making sure I can capitalize on the people that I work for. I want you to know that I put the same amount of passion in every dish I make and every person I speak to. All right, that's what I like to hear. So just a quick recap on that. He's got $500 in his pocket waiting Facts. for anybody that's Facts. willing to challenge him. I want all the smoke. <laughs> he wants smoke. I want all the smoke. So I'm not He wants smoke. Say that's, less. That's first things first. Second thing is... We got a pop-up coming on the 23rd, 23rd where we can feel like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Jake Lehman, and we can get some of that good food that they're pretty much living with and being fed on a daily. So Man, the 23rd you, you of March. Know. You know, and, 30, and it's a vibe. Bring yeah. the vibe. Bring <laughs> the vibe. Like 23rd of March, if you never, if you had a dream, if you had hoop dreams going up, or if you wish that you could be in the NBA or play like that, the closest thing you can get to that is eating some of this man's food. So on the 23rd, it's a vibe. That's what's going down. Um, now talk about kind of the transition of your new clients. I think Jake, you, you just starting with Jake Lehman. Yeah. If I, I know you've been with CJ and Dame. Y'all have been with CJ and Dame for quite some time now. Yeah, yeah. But um, Jake, Jake Lehman and, Jake and, 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 and Anthony, and Anthony yeah. Simons. Yeah. Talk about what it's been like cooking for those two. Obviously, you got Jake, who I think is really yeah, man. coming Total out power, of his shell and, and, and turning into a really good player for the Blazers. Total power, termination. And, and then you got the young rookie, Anthony Simons, who... Obviously, as a young player, but no first college round, affiliate. Straight yeah. out of the, straight out of the high school, man. Exactly, HS, man. The exactly. Boy is crazy. So yeah, tell me Got a little his bit. Number retired. Yeah, tell me a little bit about what it's been cooking for those two fellas. It's a great situation, man. I cannot lie. I love it because these new clients have a family dynamic um, that's different than previous clients. You know, with um, Jake, he's about to get married. So he has a real family dynamic at home between him and his girl Jasmine and the dogs. So it's like cooking for them. I'm just coming in and creating a real home-like dinner. They'll pop a bottle of wine and relax and then talk about their day. So it's, it's really cool to watch them 
decompress and me be able to be a vital part of that. So now when it's time for um, people to come into town, when they're just trying to do what they want to do, it's just one thing that's checked off. I like that. And, and, when, and it's crazy because this is the first person I've ever had that doesn't eat like a world traveler. You know what I mean? Like yeah. most people that are in the league, they've been in the league a few years. They might have been to Milan a few times. Uh, you know, they might have yeah. been to Cabo. So you're competing with several different types of chefs that, you know, they might have been around the world just on, on tours for their shoe endorsements. So right. you never know what type of five-star dining they're eating. So as a chef, I have to make sure the steaks are on point. I have to make sure that my, my potatoes got the right amount of butter in them. You know what I mean? Like if they're asking me for something that they've had the world over, then I have to be able to prepare it. But with Annie, like, man, that that Alfredo joint, <laughs> run that back, you know, or like Taco yeah. Tuesday is crucial. Or yeah. Chicken you made, yeah, I'm hitting with that, this, this spaghetti, though. Like, so for him, it's things where he still has a mind of quality food made with love. So every time I go to his house with his mom, with his dad, with him, well, with anybody that's over, it's really just about what can you make and how good can it be as if I was coming home from practice and this was high school or yeah. if I was just coming home from a game and, and everybody came back to Big Mama house and we were just trying to chill and what would I get a plate of and then go play some video games or then go watch some TV? That's what he needs. So it, it's a total different variant, but it's the family dynamic that I love about both of them that separates them from everybody else. That's dope. That's dope. Now we're going to dig into the real content. Not saying that that was fake content no. by any means, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I, like I said, this ain't an interview. It. I didn't bring you yeah. here to do an interview. Um, you're you're somebody with a brilliant mind, and you Appreciate and I it, have definitely had many discussions, agreements, and disagreements right here on this podcast yeah. that people can go back into the archives and find. So the first thing that I want to ask you about and just kind of get your general thoughts, and I'll piggyback off of it, is this entire Robert Kraft situation. For those that may Man. not know, um, Robert Kraft is facing charges. Um, there are some sex trafficking charges there. Um, he had a a massage parlor that he was going to receive um, sexual <laughs> things at, for lack of a better term. But <laughs> it was in Florida. It was in Florida. He was a repeat customer. Repeat so, customer. So, so he's not a one-time offender, and there's actually been a lot more evidence that's continuing he to come out. He went back three times in like two days, <laughs> I think it was. That was yeah. the coldest, bro. Like, like, me and my brother was just talking about it like, you got to understand that when you get so comfortable in the sum and you don't have anyone to tell you what's right and what's wrong, you begin to do it so casually that you don't even realize that you're doing it. So he had enough comfort to be somewhere where nobody was even playing football three times within two days because you had the luxury. That is amazing. Like, I, I don't know how he did it uh, without thinking that something would ever come to pass but it's amazing to see the level that you can go to when you know you're exempt from certain things because it, it allows you to really think like all right i'm just gonna be here it's cool i'm, I'm about to go catch this game so it's sunday i'm gonna have these, these, these waffles these eggs this bacon yeah i'm gonna go get this massage <laughs> right quick we're gonna hop on a plane and, and it's gucci so like oh no and it's no gucci no, no, uh, we can't say Gucci no more. Yeah, that's, right? that's are, a fact. Are we, are we fact. boycotting? I, I'm not boycotting Gucci because I never wore Gucci a day in my life anyway. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I don't agree with what they did, obviously, but I, I'm not on the boycott bandwagon because yeah. I never wore it anyway. So it's not nothing that I indulged in that I now need to stray away from. See, personally. And, and uh, another, so does Gucci man got to change his name? Has anybody requested that? And if we say it's Gucci, are we referring to Gucci Mane? No. So can we keep it? No, because I think a lot of people say it's Gucci that like, don't wear Gucci. Ah. Um, I think I don't think I affiliate Gucci Mane with Gucci, the clothing brand. Um, that that's not to say that that's not where his name derived from, obviously. But there are but two I think, separate people. But I think over time, I think over time, we look at Gucci Mane as just that's Gucci Mane, and him. we don't look Gucci Mane at, at we don't look at Gucci Mane as a representative of the clothing brand. Yeah, I think he was able to really kind of distinctively 
separate himself as a person, as an artist, okay. as a and he elevated. He elevated. And you he, know what I mean? Yeah, all the way around. He got his wife a rock like, like he got her a real like stone. No, that joint was that's large, man. Like thirty five carats, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that is a man. I hey, and it's funny because I was having this conversation um, now that. We're starting to get into the transition. Uh, uh, and it's funny about Robert Kraft and parlors because I feel bad about when stuff like this comes out on when your wife already know you move how you move. So now the world got to find out too. Yeah. And you know, she's old. You know what I mean? Like she already know, man, you know, old Rob, you know, he be out there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she's not tripping off of him and, and nobody else should be because if he was comfortable enough to be out and about and doing what he's doing, then his world is pretty much set to spin. But somebody like Gucci will, will throw 35 carats on the arm and be like, here, like just hold that. And it's not seen in the same light. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know where he came from and I know what he's doing and, and I, it's it's crazy that that a man like that could show so much devotion and love, but somebody like Robert Kraft is gonna be way more known, but can move as crazy as he's moving right now. Well, that's the thing because when when you talk about Robert Kraft and kind of his freedom and his ability to move the the way that he's moving, yeah, that was one of the things that I really got to thinking about as I kind of read up on this situation, um, kind of dissected this situation, and really ultimately came with a take on this situation because the only thing that I feel like Robert Kraft has in his corner right now is the almighty dollar. Period. Reason being, I think Robert Kraft has put himself in a position socially um, to where you can't blame this on his age or him being a 70 plus year old man as to why he indulged in these acts. I think on a day-to-day basis, yeah, we hear about sugar daddies all the time. Yeah, you're not necessarily in your prime as a 70-plus-year-old man. Right now, he's 77, but he didn't just start doing this. This, exactly. this has been going on for a little while. So yeah. I'll just say 70-plus-year-old, for, exactly. for lack of a better term, based if on the timeline. If wifey comfortable with it, then safe to say it's been going on it's for been going a on while. for quite some time. So, so with that... Usually I would kind of I'm not saying that the act was right, but I would be sort of more lenient or a little bit less surprised that he indulged in these acts just based on one, him being a man and two, him being the age that he is. The problem that I have with that, though, is he socially immersed himself in issues that should make him aware of what he was doing and why it was wrong as what he See, was that's, doing. That's exactly what I'm saying, though. Yeah, like, like, like obviously, crazy. obviously, his you would support for Meek Mill. Yeah, you would, you would think that a person standing next to somebody who's so close to to actually being put away would think maybe I need to sweep some things up under the rug before I stand next to him. But the power that he has is so strong (laughs) that he can say, I'm going to this place. Nobody's going to say nothing. I'll frequent it and then I'll get back to where you're going to see me in the skybox clapping. You're going to see me high-fiving people. You're going to see me Super Bowl me weekend with Super Cardi Bowl B. weekend. With, with jumping, chilling. You know what I mean? <laughs> now you can imagine what the conversation that he had with Cardi B was in the green room. Hey, how you doing? I bet you he gave her the hug and then held both of her hands. If it was anybody <laughs> in the room, they can attest to Robert Kraft is one of them type of dudes that where when he hug a girl, he grabbed back by their arms and elbows and then their shoulders and all of that and he rubbed <laughs> down right to their wrist and grabbed both of their hands and stare them in the face like so you with it or not I, you know he, I don't he, know I think he man he one of them type of rich people where he get the hey girl what's up look him in the is you with it or not at this you know. point at this point I wouldn't put it past him uh, but, nah, bro. but 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 this, like this is my thing though this is my thing though this is my thing like I said I wouldn't put it past him I think you have points with the amount of money that he has yeah. obviously with these acts that have now come out into the public as well I'm not putting that past him but what I will say and is, he made the Patriots but what I will he say is them. yes he did but what I will say is you think about his support for Meek Mill, obviously, with this incarceration deal, Meek Mill has really kind of come to the forefront and kind of yeah. become the face of um, just really the incarceration uh, incarceration issue as a whole. Yeah. So that, to me, would say that, okay, 
Robert Kraft is aware, maybe even hyper aware of certain social issues that somebody like a Meek Mill is you coming towards. Think so. Same goes with Cardi B because now Cardi B has kind of put herself in a position. Obviously, she's the hottest shit going pretty yeah. much in the whole rap game. I don't even want to just downplay it to as a female rapper, yeah. but you can really compare her to any rapper in the game right now and make a case for her being the hottest at the moment. But she's also heavily immersed herself into women empowerment, into yeah. politics. Yeah. Um, we're seeing her on Instagram post time and again, having things to say about what Trump's doing, what he's not doing, health care. She's got people like Tommy Loren trying to rebuttal and get back at her. Like yeah. Cardi B has immersed herself into that. I feel like Robert Kraft is aware of that as well, at least when it comes to Cardi B. Not to say that he wouldn't do other things and act that way in a setting like he did in Florida, where I think it was reported that it was Bruh, like he was paying like, like $75 an hour. See, but that's why I'm saying. But like, I don't think he would do that with Cardi B, Bruh. knowing where things stand socially Bruh, and like, knowing how he has supported these things as happen, of late. It didn't happen until it's the same way like what people say about um, Bill Cosby or uh, Weinstein or anybody like that. I guarantee you. There is a certain level of physical interaction with everyone that seems casual and seems normal, but he gets away with it because it's just old Bobby because he got money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what I I'm saying that. is, is think about we're talking about a social issue of somebody being aware of something when they don't have to be. So I'm not saying that he's not aware of it based on the people that he's around, but he's aware of it in their lives. He's aware of the existence of the potential criminality in their lives. He's aware of the potential understanding of what Cardi B could be labeled as, but he would never be labeled as because he's Robert Kraft. He never in his mind thought that he would be the person on the other end of the scandal. That's why he did it. That's why he did it so comfortably. He never expected Trump to get into office, which is another thing goes back to the football league. So if you go back, you'll see that Trump was trying to get into the NFL. They also had their own separate league. That thing got dissolved. They banned Trump. And now the rabbit got the gun and you let him be president. And he told you he was going to come back. And if you do your homework, you'll see that somebody with the right amount of agenda can pull up something simple that's immoral. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we forget that morals still hold the standard when you have a lot of money because that's the only thing you have left. That's the only thing that equates you to somebody like me because you already have all the money, but what's your moral game like? But now, but that that's a good point because now I want to get to a point of, um, okay, he committed these acts and now he has at least attempted to immerse himself in social issues that may really not even be in the same social class as he is, exactly. the same racial class that he's exactly. in, the same just uh, exactly. economic class that he's in. So, exactly. so, so my question to you would be, obviously, he he's he's he he's made his own bed here. He's got to lay in it. Right. Um, this is a separate situation. But now I want to talk about kind of a restorative justice type of a situation because. It's really been fairly recent that we've seen Robert Kraft really, really dig deeply into kind of the culture, our culture yeah. um, and social issues that heavily affect and plague our culture, probably more than any other culture. Not to say that other cultures aren't affected by it, whether negatively, positively, adversely, it doesn't matter. But going forward, is there any type of restorative justice that you think can take place for Robert Kraft beyond his money? First of all, I don't think that what goes on in anybody's bedroom is determined to have a punishment. So if that man was messing with some girls in a situation and they were consented and they had payment and all of that, then that is their business. Now, I haven't gotten a full story of trafficking or things yeah. like that. So I want to get more information before I say what he should and shouldn't be doing. So I'm answering the question based on a level of knowledge I have right now. Way to, way to, way to let that be no. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is not, you know, I'm always, I'm a student first in any room I go into. So I'm saying that I don't have the full amount when they say trafficking. And, and there, there are several things that, that make things from a state case to a federal case. 
What what like, I will say though, as far as the trafficking is trafficking yeah. is concerned. Yeah, if, if there's what, more information. That yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 the information the, the information that I will give is that um, from things that I've read, Robert Kraft did not spend a significant amount of money. He was spending like a hundred dollars a time, $75 an hour. And for somebody with the amount of money that Robert Kraft has, yeah. if whoever it was that he was dealing with, these young women were dealing with, were only, were, only giving, were only getting paid 75 an hour or got a hundred dollar bill for whatever the treatment was that they yeah. gave to him. To me, I would think I could be 100% wrong, but I would think that they're not receiving that money because I just don't think it's a significant enough amount of money for them to be receiving. I, I see, think that but, it goes see, elsewhere. Now, now that's, even, that's an opinion, though. This see, but is an now opinion, I'm saying but, that we're but not even talking about well. Robert Kraft. We're talking about the economic value of the person. But 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 that's why that's why my opinion is, and I want to make sure that I say that this is an opinion. Yeah. My opinion is that there is some sex trafficking involved in this, based on just what but, I know and what has been reported okay, that so, he spent. So I could be wrong, though. Uh, so so when I seen the headlines. I assumed he was trafficking girls with him to perform sexual acts. So now what I'm hearing is he was participating in sexual trafficking by attending a parlor that had someone that was being sexually trafficked. Right. Okay. So now that I'm clear <laughs> right. with where we're at, yeah. right now, I think that what he was doing was wrong because... A, there are girls that are escorts. There are girls that are paid top dollar for discretion. There are girls that understand your level of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. That after winning a Super Bowl, you need to know that you're paying for insurance. You're not paying for the physical situation. So if you're paying $75 to $100 and you're worth $75 to $100 million, then you didn't pay enough insurance on somebody's secrecy and discretion. Right, right. That's Period. that's right, right. You Great, know what point. I mean? like Great point. Great point. So, <laughs> so economic value of the person or where you were going or what you were doing has nothing to do with the amount of insurance you paid on doing it. You pay a lot of insurance on your car. You pay a lot of insurance on your house. You make sure that everything you're trying to do is secure. But if you're going to be reckless with your body, the number one thing that's making all of these things, then whatever you get is your fault. But you definitely should not be trying to be like, all right, here's that hundred, you know, and then you hop on a private jet knowing that right. the food on the jet is 1500 to $2,000 alone. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Just right. for some cheese and crackers. For sure. Like So, so you got to understand where you're at and what you're doing. So if that's what he chose to do, that's the mentality of the type of person he is. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So it's easy to, now you even understand how the Patriots can build a championship dynasty because when it comes to the next man up mentality, they're like, oh, it's all right. We'll find somebody else to do it because that's the reflection of the owner. Yeah. Is that I know, don't worry. I know somebody that'll do it for 75 to $100 in his mind. He always has a base value of I can get satisfied for seventy five to one hundred dollars. Why should I pay this person more than what he's telling me? Why should I give this coach more than in my life? I've never done that. But now you see how that unfolds, because here it is. The they're about to lose Tom Brady. They're about to lose Belichick. We saw all of the deflate gate and all of that. And now after winning this Super Bowl. By a, a cheating circumstance that I will say was a total cheating circumstance. The Saints should have won, and that was a crazy penalty. Once again, a part of a greater conspiracy we won't talk about. Yeah, but yeah, all right, I all think right, that, all right. <laughs> I think that after they won that Super Bowl, it was best for him to ride off, but they're not going to let him do that. I agree, I agree. Now, I want to kind of switch things and take a turn on this here because uh, we still got more content to get into. So what I want to talk about is Ole Miss's basketball team. I'm not sure if you heard about this story, but um, Ole Miss, they had about six, I think it was six players yeah. that took a kneel during their game on Saturday yeah. um, because there was a pro-Confederate rally taking place in Oxford. So with the pro-Confederate rally taking place out there, members of the team decided to take a kneel. Now, we do know that Colin Kaepernick, who really was the first person to take a knee and kind of made this entire 
um, taking a kneel thing yeah. symbolism yeah. because it's now symbolism, which is why we're still seeing it happen to this very day. He recently settled with the NFL. Um, my question to you would be, is there any connection? Well, obviously there's a connection because they took a kneel and they got it from Colin Kaepernick. But based on this settlement, is there any connection, good or bad, that you see from Colin Kaepernick settling with the NFL in comparison or connected to um, these six players on Ole Miss still using that symbolism of taking a knee as protesting and what it is that these Ole Miss players decided to do on Saturday? I think that um, forms of protest last through the test of time because you'll notice that black people still put their fist up. We still do the right on. We still hold our fist above our heads to say that that's a form of power. Even though we don't do it as often as we used to, it still shines its light when necessary. So I think that with taking a knee, when it's necessary, people will do it. They'll decide, you know what? I think it's time to take a knee right here. But what I'm hoping happens next is that people decide to sit down and they don't do anything. Because if you don't do anything, that's the best thing. Elaborate, elaborate. Because people uh, are watching. Like, elaborate actions. on, yeah, elaborate on the Zion, action of sitting down. Zion Williamson, if he sat down, the first thing he would get is microphones. That's the first thing he would get. So if I want anybody to hear me and everybody is watching my body, if my body's not doing anything, the first thing they're going to want to know is why. So if they want to know why, now that I have your attention, let's talk about it. I see it all the time when it comes to ads or uh, like the old Carl's Jr. ads with the girl washing the car with a burger in her hand. It's like she is washing it. There's no way she could eat that burger and wash the car at the same time. But it's meant for me to, now that I have your attention, go to Carl's Jr. So I'm saying that if you know that your actions and your body and your your overall existence creates someone's viewership, then you should take that and turn it into now I'll do nothing. Now I'll stand on the stage and do nothing and wait 30 seconds. And then once they're in awe of how the fact that I'm not doing what I said I would do, whatever I say next will be the greatest thing I've ever said. You know what I mean? Because they're going to pay more attention to They're going to pay more attention to now, now, in the case of Kaepernick, but that's, but that's where I want to talk about the connection with this entire Colin Kaepernick settlement because yeah. I do believe that, like, I don't think Colin Kaepernick received hush money, for lack of a t better term, for any means because no. I think Colin Kaepernick has remained silent for quite some time. Yeah. I think initially when he first took the knee, he came out, he said what he had to say. He started wearing the Fidel Castro socks. Yeah. He did kind of act upon the knee because he had the attention. And then once it got to a point where, okay, this is turning into a collusion case. Yeah. And now we're, 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 we're in a case and we're, we're trying to figure out yeah. how we go forward. He then was quiet. Now they, they, pretty much sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement yeah. based on whatever it was that they settled upon that none of us really truly know. We've all heard some things. We could all speculate, but I don't really want to get into that game. All I would want is all I would think and imagine yeah. is that if the NFL was willing to settle and that Colin Kaepernick was also willing to settle, he must have had some type of proof or ev evidence that they were colluding and he must have received the dollar amount that made him that, comfortable that based on to Robert Kraft, man, like if you know that you can talk to owners never thinking in 30 years that your text messages were going to be seized to ask these questions in specific, then you're going to have free conversation with the people you're talking to. If you have a company and that um, company has phones, give it about a year. The person that has the company phone you could just go through their text messages. I guarantee you, you're going to find, oh man, forget that boss or forget this person or I don't like this or I don't like that. They're going to forget that they're on a phone that the company owns. They're going to get comfortable. So now imagine that over 30 years, these owners have discussed so many things amongst players, amongst players' wives, amongst who to draft, amongst who not to draft. They've already had that conversation between themselves for so long that they never think that someone like Colin Kaepernick would actually call them on it. 
You know what I mean? So I, I think that, yes, there was some collusion. But I think that we're calling it collusion because we actually have someone who will stand up and give it the legal term and take it to court and have a monetary amount based on it. You know, because right. there's always collusion in any situation. I, I totally, yeah, I think that there was some. I do. Okay. All right. All right. I, I agree there. I agree on that one. But now connecting it back to Ole Miss. Kaepernick is now quiet. He settled. We don't know what he settled for. A lot of people have publicly supported Kaepernick and feel like they kind of reserve that right to know based on the support that they've given this man over these years since he initially took the knee. If you want to know, what sit is, down. If you want to know, sit down. If you want to know, sit down. Because I, I genuinely feel like with LeBron, when he had to make his decision and his body wasn't doing anything, we had to see what his words were saying. We had to see what his facial expressions were saying. We had to look at any inkling of information that we could get from body language or an interview or a conversation he had at his kid's game, something to know where he was going. So for me, if you want the results that you want, you have to just stop doing everything you're doing because that's the thing that they're focusing on. That's how shut up and dribble came. Stop talking to me and go back to doing what you were doing. You actually have to do the inverse. You have to, uh, you know what? I'm not dribbling at all. And now I'm going to talk every day. Okay, interesting. I like your take on that. Now I want to transition into um, Black History Month because we are currently in the middle of Black History Month. Yeah. Not really in the middle, more like the end because it's the yeah. 26th and it's only 28 days in this month. Yeah. But what I would like for you to do, and I'll actually do the same, is there anybody... Um, that you kind of look up to, um, that you may admire, that you may share some of their values that have made a significant impact in black history that you would like to bring to the forefront and talk about it. And I'll do the same after you do it. Um, I believe his name is Henry Box Brown. I think I was just watching this on Netflix. I might have his first name wrong, but this dude put himself in a box and shipped himself to freedom. And I feel like that was a real, like, that took a lot of guts and ingenuity and resolve to sit calm in a box that small and be like, man, I, I know that this is this is something that's never been done before and I could possibly uh. get caught, I could die, but this is, this is the, the way that I'm going to get to where I want to be and, and, and proclaim myself as a free man. So I feel like that was a real a real person that affected in my thought because it, uh, it it took me to the movie uh, Hurricane. There is a moment in Hurricane, man, and it, it stuck out to me. And when I saw that moment in black history, it connected because when Denzel Washington gets to his new cell, he stretches his arms out and he doesn't touch either one of the walls. And he's like, he stretches his fingers and he rolls his wrists around and he's happy and it's, it's like he almost cries because when you're a prisoner and you're in something so small even a little bit more space would be the greatest thing in the world you know what i mean it's yeah. like being on a plane and being in coach you're in a small seat but if you even went into the exit row it would make you feel like you were in first class so watching space becomes something that's so limited it made me realize how much space I actually have in life. So if it's anybody that impacted me, it would be Box. Interesting, interesting. I've never heard of Box, but I'm glad that you brought that up because um, I'm actually bringing somebody up as well that I was pretty unfamiliar with, with at least very recently. And a week ago from today, my grandmother, um, she's out in the Bay Area She's big on black history. She actually was a Black Panther, which you already know. That's dope. It was originated in the Bay Area. She's from Oakland, born and raised in Oakland. And she was a Black Panther herself. Um, so she sent me something that really caught my attention because in my field of work, obviously, as a broadcaster, I am aware that there aren't many people that look like me. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've gotten to see that on multiple levels. Um, working in the radio industry, I've definitely gotten to see that. Uh, working in the newspaper industry, I've gotten to see that. And even covering games at my university where I played at, um, when I'm at the scores table and I'm on the call for these games, 
I look down and there's really nobody else there that looks like me. Yeah. Even right here at Portland State. Not saying that these people don't belong where they are. They're not great people or anything of that sort. I'm not alluding to anything that they're doing wrong. I'm just saying what exists. Even at Portland State, when I'm on the call for those games, I look down the scores table and there's nobody on the scores table that looks like me. But then when I look to my right and I look down the bench, there's a whole lot of guys that look like me. So I just yes. think there's an interesting dynamic there when it comes to broadcasting, when it comes to working in the media. And I've been fortunate enough that along with this being my passion, I've gotten to be in these places where many of us do not exist. So my grandmother, she sent me an article on a guy named Sherman L. Maxwell. Um, he was a sportscaster and he was a writer and he's known to be the first black sportscaster. Um, he was a sportscaster in the Negro Leagues. Uh, he began his radio career reportedly in 1929 at the age of 22. And it was just really interesting to me because like I said, although I'm in these environments frequently and I frequent these environments, I'm aware that there's not many people like me, but I don't necessarily harp on that. Yeah. I more so like to look at it as, okay, I'm in this environment with, and I'm really a huge minority in this environment, which means I have a lane here that none of these people can necessarily touch. Yeah. And a spot that you can create space in because it's like, um, hearing that, I wonder what uh, information or the way he called the game got changed over to other broadcasters. Me too. You know what I mean? Right. Like that we never heard. I wonder if there's a, a broadcaster out there right now that's using his style or if we could go back and listen to some of his games yeah. and be like, man, so that's why they talk fast or that's why they might put twang on their voice. It's just like um, Stuart Scott when we say uh, it's cooler than the other side of the pillow. Right. When when ESPN started being able to use things like that, now you hear it commonplace and you're actually looking for it. You're looking for the newscaster to say something clever Yeah. why the home run is hit. Right. It had to be started. And I wonder what he started that we still carry on today that's a part of newscasting history. Absolutely. And that I'm definitely going to look more into, but I just thought that it was a very important piece of black history, especially yeah. for me personally. Because like I said, even still to this day, that's a major part of history because we do not frequent these spaces. Thanks. Do I think we're making progress in these spaces? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I also believe that kind of with the changing in the direction of content here in the moment, it is allowing for plenty more opportunities for people that look like myself that are African-American men or even female, African-American female, just African-American people in general, yeah. regardless of what you identify as, I think there's now a lot more of an opening and an opportunity to get into these spaces. Yeah. But professionally, or what we would deem to be professional, yeah. like I said, being on the sidelines at these games, working in these journalistic atmospheres, yeah. you know working crazy? for these corporations, there's really not a lot of people like me there, I think, so I, I need to really having, hold this guy up high. I think we're having our first disagreement. Talk, talk to me. I love that we we have newscasting history, but I think that with that newscasting history, you know when it's time to start coming over because we had the 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 reposting of podcast over radio. Yeah, and he was a great newscaster for the situation. But that's all well and good. I think that we need to start telling kids that this is the new wave. You know what I mean? Like I agree. Sit with your friends in a room. I agree. And just start recording what y'all talking about. Because the reason that we not in that room is because they don't want us in the room. I think that that's not, I think that's not disgusting. But that, that's why I said was deemed to be professional. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sitting in a room with you right now recording a, recording a podcast. With the vibe. So, so yeah. I, I know that, and I actually have a lot of people, friends, just people in general, okay. when they, that listen to this podcast that always say, um, man, I want to start my own podcast, and Boom. I always ask them what's stopping you. Yeah. Nothing. Like, literally, what is exactly. it that's stopping you? Exactly. So, I do agree with you there, but what I'm saying is yeah. these are kind of like what I was talking about with you. You're a chef for NBA players. You cook for 
for just somebody who likes to cook or who has dreams or aspirations of being a chef, they'd say that you made it because that's a glamorous job to be able to cook and be a personal chef for these professional athletes, which in it to an extent, yeah, that may be true. But one thing that I've kind of gotten from you is that far more important than who it is that you cook for, yeah. it's an energy that you like. It's a vibe exactly. that you like. Yeah. Whether you're cooking for an NBA player, whether you're cooking for, if you're cooking for a homeless man on the street, it's, yeah. you, it's all treated the same from a passion perspective of yeah. what it is that you do. And what but I one the, would glorify yeah. you cooking for Dame or CJ or Jake Lehman or Anthony Simons yeah. more so than they would glorify you cooking for the average Joe or what you and I just did this past Saturday yeah. as you had to pop up and we really got to cook and chop game and really just eat good and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I feel like the reason that I'm cooking in the space that I'm cooking is because I was excluded out of those rooms. I was I was the person that wasn't going to be able to take the the scholarships for the James Beard Foundation, and, and I wasn't going to be able to be the person to to get to Scottsdale and do what I wanted to do in the hotels from the school that I was at, because our school offered us placement to be in some of the best restaurants and some of the best cruise ships right out once you graduated. I wasn't available to take advantage of those opportunities, so it caused me to blaze my own trail, so to speak. Right. So I feel like once people realize, like you're saying, you can get out of your own way and want your own type of thing in this world, then you'll be much happier. Because even though he was a, a, a sportscaster, he was a sportscaster in the Negro League. Right. So he was getting to watch people that look like him and be able to say, this is what's going on. This is how I tell the game. And that's what we can relate to now because to your point, we can look on the bench and see everybody that looks like us, but not <laughs> hear the way we tell it as if we was at the park. Right. Not hear it the way if I came home and told you, yo, man, I just saw the craziest thing. Man, he just went to the lane, did this, did that with the oop wop and the band. Right, 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 like, right, 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 right. I'll get that. <laughs> and you'll get it, right? So but now, everybody won't. <laughs> everybody won't get it. And that's why we have to create the situation. Like with Ice Cube, Ice Cube, excuse me, Ice Cube and LL Cool J. They decided that they wanted to buy a, a local TV station that had some um, locally syndicated sports. So now they can portray the sports how they want to, you know? So make your own lane and then swim back into the stream. You know what I mean? Like, because they don't want you in those rooms. I agree. And you I are agree. not designed to be in them. And if we keep telling people to go into the room that they ain't got no business being in, they're going to stand outside and build a whole new room. Yeah, and, and their whole dreams could be crushed ultimately. Exactly. Because I talked about this on our last podcast episode. We were talking about Sierra um, owning her masters and how important it was because Man. she even discussed how much better of a feeling it is for her individually um, because she does own these masters. She exactly. owns the rights to these masters, et cetera, et cetera. And when has and, ever, anyone ever been gifted their masters? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No company in the history of the world has ever been like, you know what? You worked hard for us here. He and, was, uh, no, he and was, that's he what and that's part of what I was talking about because when I got laid off on the Justin and Devon show, um, obviously you gotta imagine how many files I had on my work computer. Exactly. Um, how much audio I had on my work computer yes. that when they laid me off they escorted me out the building and they didn't give me any of those fouls. The people that made the decision to lay me off, I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, fortunately for me, I was smart enough and savvy enough and I still had good relationships from people within the company yeah. that had access to that audio and I had to kind of backdoor my way into the studio. I didn't yeah. go in physically, but I had to backdoor my way in to be able to get that the audio from people, the access to the information that people yeah. that were still there but didn't necessarily make the decision for me to be laid off <laughs> yeah so so it's like even that show we podcasted that show man just a day after our show was terminated that podcast was no longer on apple podcast yeah. because we didn't own the rights to it yeah and that's how that situation and, and, is. And you know what i mean so fortunately i was able to get the original audio that yeah. was already in the computer but i had to reach out to some folks within like hey they laid me off. I couldn't even get my stuff off the computer. Can yeah. you help me out? Can you bring your hard drive in? Whatever, whatever. And I thank God for them that they ended up doing that for me. So 
I do agree that no, you don't get gifted with your masters. And at in all. my case, I didn't get gifted with my audio. I had to go and figure out a way to get it before that even was deleted off the work computer. And to flip that, to flip that, it's crazy because, um, like, I feel like, uh, how do I say this correctly? Because this is a very touchy subject amongst men and women. And um, you can tell that she knew what she was doing when she chose who she chose. Because she chose Future the first time, and that's a common scenario amongst women, is that they want the fast, the fun, the freedom, right. all of that. And then when it's time later to choose up, because Future's had plenty of money to be able to decide to buy her masters, and but that's not what the, the situation she was put in until she was with the right person to decide. So how much is the bill? Oh, that's all? then I'm just going to buy that because that's the foresight of the person that she's with now. You know what I mean? Right. She probably didn't even have any idea that it was possible to buy herself into quote unquote freedom. But that once again goes back to you need to be free. You need to have everything that you're trying to have in control by you and then have people that are with you trying to make sure that control is maintained. That's what I like to hear. So lastly, I don't know if you prepared for this at all, Chef Kenny, but um, we do a segment here on the podcast and it's called Taking L's and mm. on the Taking L mm. segment and 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 I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot anyway even if okay. you didn't prepare for it I feel like you, you you're savvy and witty enough to be able to come off the top of the dome and do it anyway but basically obviously this is the wake up and win podcast everything we talk about and we discuss we try to have a winning formula i.e. Um, you and the reason why everybody hasn't gotten your cooking yet even though I challenged you on that and said hey you should be cooking for more than just your clients it's coming you, you gave me the winning formula as to why you don't do it and what you think is the right way to do it by Thanks. saying you want to be able to cook with that same love that you do for your clients as you do for the public yeah. I think that was definitely a winner's mentality on being able to capture the public when the time does come that you are cooking for them um, the old Miss situation I think you gave us a winning formula there talking about if you want to have an impact and you want your voice to be heard more than ever, you sit down, i.e. Colin Kaepernick taking a kneel, i.e. Ole Miss deciding to take a kneel, et cetera, et cetera. That, I think, was a winning formula. And obviously, here in this very last segment, we discussed um, owning masters. We discussed uh, people in black history and why it was that they affected us and give us a winning mentality based on what it is that we may do or what or how we may think, et cetera, et cetera. So now it's time to really take it into another direction and discuss, is there anybody in sports, politics, urban or pop culture that you think took an L this week? Not to say they can't redeem themselves, but they kind of put themselves in a hole this week based on something it is that they did. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, it doesn't have to be a person. Uh, it could just be a subject. It could be a company, a corporation, Spike, Spike a person. Spike Lee jumping into Samuel L. Arms after winning that. Yeah. <laughs> elaborate. Elaborate. <laughs> okay, so it's Spike Lee's first time winning it for Black Klansmen. And both of them went to Morehouse, which is a great situation, and I'm totally happy for them. But there's no way that that small man should be jumping into Samuel L. Jackson's arms after winning that award. You know what I mean? Like... You had the dopest shoes on. You had the dopest situation. <laughs> you had your Prince little medallion on. Right. Like, this was the greatest moment ever. And then I got to watch my idol jump into another man's arms. So um, that was kind of funny to do. So I think he took an L on that one. Uh, and any parent still under the Disney phase with their kids, y'all taking major L's. Because as a parent, uh, my son is Coco Loco. And he like cars. So all parents that's doing a, a lot of Disney work, you definitely taking an L. Spike Lee took an L. What, what, talk, talk, tell me more about the Disney work. Man, Disney is coming out with adult stuff that is just hurting my pockets, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bruh, like yeah. if any parent know, you are actually starting to watch all of this Pixar, all of this Disney. Your movies are coming back around like Aladdin. Uh, I'm not with Will Smith. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't with Will Smith as the genie. I think that that was a total movie move. Like, this would get us numbers, but they could have picked a thousand other better genies than Will Smith. Like, his wittiness 
is cool, but I think that it's better fit for Instagram right now in short bursts than it is for a whole Disney movie as a blue dude. I don't think that that was a good pick, but I like Disney, so I'm going. Um, I just watched Christopher Robin with my son. Um, yeah, Disney is just getting all my money. So, <laughs> like, so you're taking it now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, man, watch. No, no, take, watch. Hey, anybody that's on listening to this podcast, make sure that you comment and let him know that as a parent, Disney is getting in your pockets too. Because it is not just me. Well, I mean, I, like, yeah. We're yeah. we out here hurting and we're trying to figure out the best way to do what right. we need to do because birthdays is coming up and it's movies that I want to see it's movies that he's into and it's, it's just crazy they have found the winning formula you know what I mean yeah like so and then we need I mean to start I get it stopped. as a parent myself I get it too pockets pockets is definitely Bruh. hurting from all of this kid stuff Man, really honestly like, but uh, yeah. I get it it's worth it but it's, it's hurting it's, it's we taking an L at the same time <laughs> no cause they coming after me too that's what right, I'm saying right like, right right right, right right all if right. it was just all about them yeah, now they coming for us though now, now the Incredibles <laughs> 2 hitting Man, I'm telling you, another Toy Story hit, we 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 out. Yeah, I'm I get going. It. I get it. I get you know, it. Like, I get you there. I get you there. So for me, I got to give the L to the people right here in our backyard, Chef Kenny. Mm. And that is the corporation called Nike. Um, many of us saw what happened last week yeah. uh, with Zion Williamson and his knee explode. I mean, his foot, excuse me, busting through that shoe. It was yeah. a Paul George shoe, too, by the way. Um, and I just think it was an L on multiple levels. Do I think that they can redeem themselves? Absolutely. It's Nike. Um, they're, they're a prominent corporation. They got a lot of money. But I also believe just in a phase of competition, if that were a battle, they lost that battle. They could still win the war, yeah. but I think they lost that battle because I do believe Zion um, is a player who's really going to have major influence going forward. I think we all kind of know that. We all see the potential of him having that influence, which is why we're seeing the Barack Obamas at his games. We're yeah. seeing the Ken Griffey Juniors at his games. We're seeing the Spike Lees at his games. We're seeing the Jay Z's at his games. Hell, we're even seeing we're even seeing the Rich Pauls and the LeBron James at his games. So to me, that says a lot when we talk about people who have made a significant uh, who have played a significant role in society and have been sort of pioneers of something because obviously LeBron and Rich Paul, I believe, are pioneering something with what it is that they've been able to do and how they're changing the landscape of player empowerment in the NBA. Yeah. Um, with just what LeBron's been able to do amongst his circle of friends, I think they're pioneering something. Obviously, Jay-Z, he's pioneered a whole lot. Barack yeah. Obama becoming the first black president, that's pioneering something. We all know Ken Griffey in baseball. I Man. mean, he made it cool. I mean, more than anybody, he I should say, he made board. it cool for African-American players to play baseball, in my opinion, more than anybody has been able to do. He made and it cool these, to wear your hat backwards. And, and, and all of these people like, are coming out and why, right, right. You're wearing your hat backwards, backwards right now here Factual. in the studio. So I'm looking at Kenny. you. Hey, man. <laughs> I, I for so, sure, even my swing, I had to make sure to have that relaxed because, you know, even with the, the logo on the shoes, you see that he swung with so much power, but it was so casual that you just like, how did he hit it so far away with no effort? You know yeah, what I mean? Right, King right. Griffey was a piece. Uh, like I said, Ken Griffey, Spike Lee, somebody else who's a pioneer. So for all of these people, I think it's no coincidence seeing all of these people going to support and watch Zion play because of the influence that they foresee him having. Yeah. And they're already kind of making this and creating this relationship with him that I think is really important that they ultimately think is important for them to be able to I help think. him to make kind of the big splash impact that they've been able to make based on his I talent and the place he'll hold in society. I don't think Nike expected... Uh him to be as strong as he is because I seen a, a a picture of him struggling with somebody to grab a basketball and he was palming it and he had indentions in the ball. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're seeing a new level of strength. We're seeing a new level of power. So those shoes you just sent into them kids to be like, what shoe size you wear? Oh, these 14s will work. No, you need to have the 14 Zs 
where these got the extra cushion and you know extra stitching like this he's a grown man and, and that's why i blame nike because as a player um somebody that played at a school where nike actually came to our campus time and again and we wore their test shoes our school was a nike school when i played in college at pacific university yeah. i feel like that they do have enough information to know what works for who and they should be able to pinpoint what works even more so for Zion Williamson than anybody else. I'll give you an example of what I wore. Yeah. Um, one year in college, I wore like some KDs and KDs are obviously a lot lighter, a lot thinner, which makes sense because KD is a feather. He's a lot lighter yeah. and a lot thinner of a player. I've always been a heavier dude. I destroyed those shoes over the course of a season. Yeah. Didn't quite bust through them in a game, <laughs> but yeah. over the course of the season, they didn't hold, they up. Didn't hold up for me. The following year, I said, you know what? Let me go rock these Soldier LeBrons. I wore some Soldier LeBrons. They were a lot. They had a lot more cushion. They were yeah. a lot bigger. Obviously, we know LeBron is a monster, a freak of nature. He's a big build in comparison to somebody so like should KD. should he have been in LeBron? They, they held up. I, I think he should have been in LeBron's. I don't think he should be wearing Paul George shoes. Or I don't think he should be wearing these guard considering shoes. Considering that Paul George snapped his leg, I wouldn't put Zion in nothing like that. <laughs> I'm exactly. not putting him nowhere near nobody that snapped that. You're not even wearing his shoes, bro. You saw what happened? Nope. Yeah. Nah, bro. You're going to wear these LeBrons with the with the big With the big, strap. exactly. Nah, I'm not man. giving you these small yeah. guard shoes and you 6'8", 285. I'm not giving Because like I said, you. I wasn't even nearly that big. Big, but yeah. I was a bigger dude. I'm still yeah. a bigger the move dude. He did and and yeah, I, your, your game, the moves that you make, your style of play does not complement these shoes and yeah. vice versa. Those yeah. shoes don't complement your so, game. Yeah, they so, can bounce back. It's just under you've just watched somebody go see. That's why I tell you to wear them shoes. That's but, why you weren't supposed to do that. But you know what but, I mean? but 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 how would it affect them if obviously that could have been a traumatic situation with him wearing a Nike shoe, busting through the shoe, dealing with a knee sprain the way that Listen he did. To your you training. have you have Adidas, you have Under Armour, you have these other companies that now at this point could use that shit in a commercial. <laughs> like they could, I mean, they could use him busting through that shoe in a commercial definitely to, to negatively affect Nike. And how does that affect him choosing to really go along with Nike going forward? I think that with Nike, they have the ability to create the best I agree um, that's where I said stories. The, the money the money they got <laughs> they, they do Nike, have that when they come back with that oh Zion boom they're going they're going to show three or four different edits of him blowing out the shoe and then what you're going to see next is the Zion Williamson shoe that never blows out. <laughs> That's when they're going to get all your money. The steel toe it's gonna basketball have the steel shoe. Toe, but yeah, that has the, the pivot sides. And that's how they're going. And then Nike just going to slap you with the just do it, a.k.a. just buy it. You know what I mean? So no, Nike's coming back. They're coming back with a vengeance. If you put the LeBrons on him, that wouldn't have happened. That's the perfect understanding of why certain runners wear certain shoes because if they pronate or supernate, you know what I mean? I mean, right, like, right. you have to know how your foot is. So if you know how your foot is and what you're going to accomplish best, the same way with how he blew that shoe out. If he knew that his ankle or his foot was going to cause him to go over the side of the shoe, then nine times out of ten, his shoe should have more base on the sides. That's why certain shoes are built that way. So if he has a better shoe next time, that's not going to happen. They have a great marketing strategy by the comeback story of watching him do that, sit out for the rest of the year, and then delivering you a shoe right when he gets drafted that's going to solve all those problems. Nah, Nike's going to be fine. And if anything, as soon as we're done with this, I'm about to go buy some stock before his shit get here. <laughs> yeah, because the stock definitely dropped. Because it's going The up. stock definitely it's dropped after that injury. And right after the injury happened, it dropped. Exactly. Everybody's like, oh, oh, no, man. You got to know that when the tide rise, it lifts all boats, baby. <laughs> well, Chef Kenny, I appreciate you for coming and chopping game with us on this week's podcast. Uh, oh, promote good. yourself. Let them know where to find you. Let them know the events you got coming up, et cetera. Man, you can find me in Portland. Um, I'm not really out because I'm usually at my client's house cooking. But uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Johnny Chef Coat. That's J-O-H-N-N-I-E-C-H-E-F-C-O-A-T. That's Johnny Chef Coat on Instagram. Um, if you catch me in the streets, you know, just chop it up, catch the vibe. I'll be having an event March 23rd at District. 
Um, we just going to keep it real quiet, you know, real casual, just talk business, chop game, have a real quality situation because um, that's what I'm trying to uh, promote this year and every year going forward. It's the vibe. We got to get you on Twitter, man. I try to be on Twitter, man, but, like, my life ain't set up to where I can keep up with that amount of information. Like, like it's, it happens so fast that there's so many people let saying them, something. Let them you know? keep up with your information, though. Oh, okay. I, I see too much great content, and I follow you on Instagram and Snapchat, yeah. so I got a luxury there. But I feel like on Twitter, I, I, I personally frequent Twitter. I like Twitter more than okay. anything, but also, as you mentioned, with all that's being said, with all the news that's coming out, me being a journalist and working in the media industry, yeah. it kind of is more tailored towards my profession and what it is that I do more than scrolling and looking at pictures on Instagram or exactly. watching people's Snapchat exactly. story. So uh, as a profession, I yeah. frequent Twitter more. And so maybe I'm just selfishly saying this, yeah. but I need I would to see love you on to Twitter, be, man. I would love to be on Twitter just <laughs> You can post videos on Twitter too, man. And yeah, you can, see, yeah you, can, what, you can engage with people on Twitter too, man. And and I, a totally I'm going to try. Different way. I'm going to try. All, all right. right. Cause, Cause the vibe is really where it's at You know Yeah like, I And it's a vibe on Twitter So I'm trying to connect You know For sure All yeah. good Well appreciate y'all for listening Y'all already know where to find me On all social media Etc cetera, etc cetera. And we gonna leave y'all The only way that we know how And that is to stay woke And go in Go in